You're listening to the Video Marketing Podcast, helping you go a little more viral every day. Here's your host, Matt Johnston. Hello, everybody. Thank you again for being here on the Video Marketing Podcast. I have Dane Golden here, who's going to talk to us today about a topic that we rarely cover. I don't even know that we've covered it ever before. Uh, which is YouTube marketing for business to business. Fascinating to me because a lot of people approach YouTube in this business to consumer way, uh, both from ads and organic. And we're going to talk about both ads and organic before. We've often talked, we had Tom Breeze on the show. Tom talked a lot about the psychology um, there and, and how it can work for coaches, consultants, info products and B2C. And we've had Shosh Singh on the show. We've talked, we, we talked about using it for e-commerce. It can get a little bit harder in B2B. When you're trying to go after the C-suite, how can you go after them on YouTube? So fascinating. Thank you so much, Dane, for being here. Sure. Thanks for having me. And, and you know, I don't know if I've heard that Tom Breeze episode. I'm going to have to go back and listen because I, I just love Tom. He's great. It's a great one. Yeah. It's probably about, it was probably about a year ago. Check it out. I will. So Dane, we're going to talk about, uh, and, and just so folks know a little bit about you, you're the founder of VidUp and, Vid, and VidTarget.io. Is it VidTarget? Did I get that right? VidTarget.io and VidUp.tv. Exactly. There we go. There we go. Great. How, how did you get into this YouTube world? Oh, it was a long time ago. Actually, I came from a tech podcasting uh, company that I helped get get rolling. And then I was hired at a big agency in San Francisco to help with a big brand that wanted to do YouTube. And I thought I knew more about YouTube than I did. And I can't say the name of the brand, but it rhymes with Rebay and it did not go well. I was not, I was not, yeah. I, I did not do a good job. I felt that, you know, there was some challenges, but but I think that they were it was a, the biggest challenge was understanding the platform. And I dedicated my professional career to helping businesses understand YouTube, um, largely from a tutorial approach. And, and it's okay, evolved cool. from there. Yeah. Sure. We, sure. What, what do you mean by tutorial approach? Yeah. So we believe that if you can be helpful to your potential customers and create how-to videos, this can bring them in and they get to know you and like you and trust you. And when time comes, they'll want to do business with you. Right. Right. Yeah. Makes sense. Um, and you know, it's a fascinating topic to me. I've, I've only been all in on YouTube organic just for about four months now. And I'm finally seeing the benefits of it. Uh, just, okay. just building a community there. It can take some time though, of course, because, um, I mean, I spent, I mean, even me, like I spent, you know, a year, you know, I had a time when I tried to really go after it, but there still weren't any views there because, you know, I mean, <laughs> you're not, you're not surfacing in the algorithm. Um, so you just have to find that one sort of in, and now, you know, I'm all in on, all in on, on, on YouTube for sure. From a B2B perspective, it, it's sort of interesting to wrap your mind around. Let's start with organic YouTube first. Mm -hmm. How would you approach the initial conversation talking to a business and saying, Hey, you know, I'm thinking that YouTube might be a good fit for me. You know, Dan, like, how should I, how should I start thinking about YouTube for my business? 
Yeah. So if you're a B2B or even like a software as a service platform, we really believe that there's a place for you on YouTube, but you have to sort of approach it differently. You have to come with a different mindset than your average creator that might be looking for millions of views. You have to think, hey, we if we have a hundred views, but they're the right people that going to drive hundreds of thousands of dollars of business for us, that's a good thing. So I would say, start from that mindset that it's okay to reach a finite group of people. That's where I'd start. Sure, sure. Great. And then how do you start figuring out what to make? Right. So then you sort of have to say, well, what kinds of topics should we discuss? And we recommend, like I said before, a how-to approach, how-to topics. So if the word how-to could be in the title, doesn't necessarily have to be, that's the type of topic that's going to win for you. And usually it's not going to be about your own company, usually, right? So we recommend 80% of your topics are going to be about your expertise in your special industry, much like I've heard, like you talk about on this podcast, you've talked a lot about Facebook ads and the changes with iOS 14. That's really an expertise you have on this podcast. And yet I've not heard you talk about, hey, I have a product that's A, B, and C, and you need to sign up for it. I've not heard you say that at all. And I think that's very effective in building the no like and trust factor in and businesses, you know, they often get off on the wrong foot telling people how awesome they are on YouTube. And people are just not interested in why you're awesome. They're interested in how you can help them. Right. Yeah. It's, I sort of, I, I often try to sometimes to a fault beat the drum of, you know, value, value, value. Um, at the same time, sometimes I sort of wonder if I should ask if I should make more calls to actions and I probably should, but, but, but it's interesting. I mean, really it needs to be at the very least 90%, 10%, right? I mean, I mean, you have to be at some point in some way uh, asking people to take some sort of valuable action, right? So, so if we come in with this approach, how do you have these conversations when people say, okay, well, how, like, how do I get these people to sign up for my list? How do I get them to become yeah. a lead? How do I, how do I move the needle? Like, how is this moving the needle for my business? Yeah. Well, like you were saying, as you're growing your YouTube channel, there's, there's, there's two different ways to do YouTube. One is organic and one is paid. And if you need uh, leads today, paid is a great way to go. But if you're doing organic, which is sort of like building your network, it doesn't happen all in at once. And the way you do it is by demonstrating your expertise. So if I might uh, give an example, um, like let's say you make accounting software and you want people to know your accounting software. Well, you might, people don't necessarily come and ask questions about how your accounting software works. They come and ask about how do I manage expenditures? How do I keep track of invoices? Now you've got a lead for someone to come in, do a Google search. You're an expert. You have an answer. You give them a tutorial of how to do this that you're an expert in. And you say, and by the way, we have software that supports this. You can download it or you can get our, you know, lead magnet here. Of course, you wouldn't say lead magnet, but 
you know, get our PDF on how to do it better. So you offer with that tutorial, and by the way, we can help with this, but it's really the bulk of it is about what you're teaching them how to do that they need to know. Right, right. Yeah. One of the um, one effective strategy that I have used, um, pretty simple. I mean, I just, uh, I've just, I've just put it in the description, really. I, I just sort of put a link to opt in in the description. <laughs> um, and, you know, what's funny is that I've, I've actually been finding some success by creating little mini lead magnets that are extremely endemic to the topic that my video is on. Mm -hmm. um, so you know, like you'll have such as, you know, for example, I have a lot of videos on iOS. So I have the iOS survival guide, which is sort of just a general lead magnet for the entire business. That's just full of value on, you know, on all of these things. Um, but then I've also, you know, I made a whole video on this e-commerce flow chart that helps you fix your e-commerce business if the marketing isn't working. And then I just gave that out. And, you know, it's just, it's usually just in the description. And sometimes there's a little call to action where I'll say, hey, if you want to actually get this, like you could just go to the description. Uh, but of course, then they have to opt in to get it. So that, mm -hmm. I mean, because ultimately I don't want to be dependent on one I don't want all my stuff to live on one platform. Ideally, I want to get people into my CRM because that's where um, they can become part of my community, mm -hmm. you know, rather than, you know, the being at the behest of the YouTube algorithm. Um, but yeah, it's certainly 95% of everything. It, it's all, it's probably 98% value, right? But it's, I think that I've learned the hard way that if you don't ask for anything ever, um, you, you just sort of find yourself either like completely beholden to a platform that's what happened with me mm -hmm. with tiktok i remember early on i just like didn't have anything for that tiktok audience to do and i built this huge not huge but I, we we got up to about ten thousand followers on tiktok and i was like i like i i there's nothing i could do with them you know it's it's funny when you when you get into this video marketing world everything becomes about business mm -hmm. and then you're sort of thinking ah what do i do then um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. You say that. I, I would, I would agree that, you know, the end result of almost any marketing, including video marketing and YouTube marketing is in some way getting an email address. That's the end result before, um, after the, the YouTube, the Instagram, all those pieces, then what happens after that? Well, if you're a B2B or a SaaS, you are going to put them in your remarketing list, whether it's on Facebook or YouTube and bring them down the funnel. Would you agree? Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to get these people, uh, you have to get these people on your list. You, I mean, I'm, and I've never been more, I've never been more hardcore about that than now. Um, and, uh, you know, ultimately, like if you're, if you're thinking about building something for your personal brand as well, YouTube is just fantastic because at the end of the day, these people are coming for you uh, more than they're coming for your business necessarily. And it, but it really depends on how you do it. You know, I've seen some great uh, examples of this. There's this, uh, there's this great YouTube channel called the, uh, well, it's called it's Parker Walbeck's channel. He has this mm -hmm. huge gigantic channel uh, around how to shoot video really well and make mm -hmm. great video and it's called he's it's parker Wallback. i'm sure he started it you know good guy seems like a good guy i haven't met him great channel but really it's it's sort of i wouldn't call it a front but really like it is full-time filmmaker which is their program and that's their like organization where they 
you know, bring people into the fold. And what they do there is they have people from all over, even though it's the channel is called him. It's pretty, it's known as it's the full-time filmmaker school. And, you know, you have, they have like three or four different teachers there that, uh, that do all sorts of different, that do all sorts of different topics. And so it's not really just, just him. So it doesn't necessarily need to be that. You sort of you sort of choose where where to go with that. Now, so just just to drill down a little bit more on this yeah. what do I make thing because this is one yeah, of the bigger good. issues that people have when they say yes. what do I make? Oh, how-to videos. But what are the specific questions I should be asking myself if I'm trying to decide, okay, what what are these how-to tutorial type videos? Yeah. Well, I I believe that most businesses already know, they just don't know in what form that the video should take. So for instance, if you have an FAQ on your website, those FAQs really are good topics about your business. And if you have some promotional uh, blog posts or web pages about your business, you know which one is the most popular. That's another good structure for a video. But there's the other side, and that's the 20%. That's the thing about your business. But the 80%, if you can ask yourself as a business, if my potential customer didn't know that my business existed, what would they be looking for? And the first person you should go to to ask these questions, apart from the search results that may come into your website, is you should go to your sales team. Because the sales team always answers the same questions, uh, not about your business. We've covered that area, but we're now we're asking them about the industry, the overall expertise that your business has. So the salespeople know what that is. And, and if it's a how-to question, usually not a what or a why, but a how-to question, that's something that's very interesting. So that's, that's a, is that helpful? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. In fact, I mean, it's funny. It's one of the sort of, it's one of my, you know, I have this sort of methodology to come up with story ideas generally, obviously works for YouTube too. Um, and, you know, generally it's just sort of, it's defining who exactly your avatar is, who your persona is, what makes them tick emotionally? What is their life like? What are their core lifestyle traits about their life? And then make content about what they're curious about when it comes to those things. So, you know, if, for example, some of their core lifestyle traits are mother of toddlers, you know, mm-hmm. is, is one of those things, they're going to be Googling and curious a lot about what do I feed my three-year-old, for example, mm-hmm. or how do I potty train my three-year-old? And then you'll start to see if when you flip that into a headline that that search query that may that may be there and you can do either official or anecdotal research on this really um you can you can you can flip it and provide value there because that's really the question you're asking yourself right like how do i exactly provide unique individualized specific value around things that my target customer cares about emotionally and that's really what organic, to me, what organic me- uh, s- social media, organic platforms are all about. Different than paid, of course. In some ways, yeah. And, and I know you talk a bit about how to, how to drive empathy with the customer. And one of these magic words that we mm. 
advocate is the word you. Um, a lot of businesses, their big problem is, you know, we've seen this video a thousand times. The CEO is being interviewed about how awesome the company is. And in fact, they're not even looking at the camera. They're looking at the interviewer who is off camera, which totally breaks the empathy. It totally breaks the connection with the customer who is the viewer. And that video right now is the the most important salesperson on your team, because that's what's in front of the customer right now. And you've broken that empathy, broken that connection by looking over the shoulder of that, of the viewer essentially, to look at the interviewer. But we, what we found is that you have to find ways to look directly at the camera. There are some tools to doing this. You can, you know, if someone just doesn't have that, that, ability to be comfortable doing that. There are teleprompters that will help you do that. There's more pro tools that will help you do that. But what we found is if you say the word you, you really have to be looking at the camera. And we've actually done a study with TubeBuddy about the effectiveness of saying the word you in the first few seconds of the video. Would you like to hear what it is, Matt? I would love to. That's great. Okay. okay. All right, so we looked at 30,000 randomized videos and we did this a few years ago, um, four, four year anniversary of this study now. But I think that the value of it still holds up. People have not changed that much. We mm -hmm. looked for, at the word you when it was said in the first five seconds, the second five seconds and the next 20 seconds of a video. And we found that if you say the word you in the first five seconds of a video, or a word like you, like your or yours or yourself, they're basically the same. If you said those in the first five seconds of the video, just once, you can increase the views of that video by 66%. And we feel that's wow. strongly connected to empathy. Yeah, 30,000 videos. We track those that said it, didn't say it, said it at different parts of the intro. More if you said the word you twice, somehow in the first five seconds, you're likely to increase the views by 97%. So just to put that into perspective, if you were making $100 based on a viewer, they bought something for $100, you're essentially giving yourself $197 by saying the word you twice. And I'm gonna give an example just real quick. You're saying, how can you say that twice in the first five seconds? So if I say, Today, I'm going to show you how to fix your car. That's twice, you and your. I'm likely to get about twice as many views as if I said, today, I'm going to fix my car. So is that, does that make sense? Is that understandable? Yeah, it's fascinating. It's fascinating. I, I mean, I, now I feel like I'm going to try to put that in the first five seconds of every video that I make. <laughs> and and anyone, can, anyone can download the study um, on videup.tv and, and get the methodology. It's not gated content. We did it with TubeBuddy. And, uh, but basically that's the high level. You can, if you said the word you a little bit more throughout the first 30 seconds, you can actually increase further. And I have, I don't know why this is true other than intuitively, but I have a theory. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Okay. This is my theory. The theory is because YouTube promotes videos that 
have more watch time in general, right? And the word you, because I don't, unless it's a live stream, I don't know your name. I don't know who's watching. You is a proxy for your name, which is the favorite thing, word of yours. Matt is your favorite word. Dane is my favorite word. And I really pay attention when someone says that word. If they don't know my word and they say you, I also pay attention. Now, if someone says, I'm going to show you how to do something, uh, then I then you have my attention and you will have it longer. So if that means that people will watch longer, and that means also that YouTube will rank the video higher. But if I'm looking off camera at some interviewer as in a traditional documentary style B2B video, that's the worst because people are going to, I'm going to say, well, here at, at company ABC, what we do is this and the, the viewer does not care about that. They care about themselves. And you told them you care about them by saying the word you at the beginning. That's great. That's super valuable. That's super, super valuable. And yeah, I do think that it plays hand in hand with, with empathy. I banged that drum. I think I think enough. I even wrote a book on it. So there you go. <laughs> it's a good, it's a right. good transition because of course I'm curious on the ad side of it. I mean, does this hold to the ad side of it as we sort of get into the, the, the pay-per-click side of things? Well, I, I copy a lot from the best in the industry, including Tom Breeze. Uh, and a lot of the times when he's talking about how to start an ad and he's, you know, you, you talk about the toddlers, well, he talks about, for example, his, uh, trouble his babies was sleeping and so he would advertise at a certain time of night for instance and then um, for this ad campaign or I don't know if it's an example of his but he says it all the time if your baby is having difficulty sleeping then you might want to consider this so he's he's given a conditional right in the very beginning if and then you now he actually and, and all great ad creators are doing two things at the beginning of a ad. They're actually making it appeal to you if you're the right customer and sort of turn you off if you're the wrong customer because of the way YouTube charges for ads. So should I keep going or you have a question? Sure, yeah, with the with the 30 second mark or if they skip, yes. et cetera, go, go ahead. Yeah. So for most structures of YouTube ads, there's a period in which you get it for free and then you have to pay. Now, for some structures of ads, like if it's a 15 second ad um, or a 30 second non-skippable ad, if someone watches to that point or if someone watches any amount, five seconds, one second, you have to pay. If it's a skippable ad, they only pay if you hit the 30 second mark or longer. So, so that's the idea. You want them to, to get them to watch, but you want them to self-select to leave if they're not your right customer. And that's what so many YouTube advertisers get wrong is that they just most, would you agree that most pre-roll ads you see are not very well targeted to you? Yeah, I think that's true. I get a lot of entrepreneurial stuff you know, like mm -hmm. stuff that's um, it's targeted to like someone who's a little earlier in their sort of business journey than I am. Mm -hmm. um, so it's like they've sort of um, YouTube, the, the, the algorithm has sort of labeled me in this like broad, like 
I don't know what space it would be like, take a Ty Lopez program type space, mm -hmm. you know, um, which <laughs> I'm definitely not in right now, but this kind of gets to what, what, what's fascinating to me. I, I mean, I have always found it very difficult to advertise B2B, um, for my agency mm -hmm. guide social. I have before, I'm going to be firing this up again, uh, as I fire up a new coaching program, I have had success on the sort of coaching front. And I, I, I think, I think what's interesting here is because very often when, you know, for, for example, in coaching, you're, there's that one person and you're helping them achieve their hopes and dreams. And something that Tom talks about all the time, for example, is, uh, how people go to YouTube to sort of fulfill their deepest hopes and dreams and their passions. Like their YouTube is where consumers passion lives. And so you can meet that very, uh, you know, specific ads that, that just work like puzzle pieces. And, uh, that makes sense for coaching and, 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 and info products. It's more difficult, or I have had difficulty in this sort of direct B2B space when we've run lead generation campaigns for guide social, um, mm -hmm. we're an e-commerce growth agency. We've done some pivots over time. We've, you know, we've, we've done specifically YouTube ads. We've done, uh, we've obviously done a lot of Facebook ads. Um, but, it seems like it's a little bit, it's a little bit tougher there. Um, and of course this is just, this is just this, this comment is directly for cold traffic, by the way, mm -hmm. when, when you're just doing cold targeting, I mean, if you're remarketing, I mean, everybody should be doing YouTube advertising. I mean, you can just run a bunch of remarketing there and just be omnipresent and then you're catching them wherever they are, but finding that cold B2B audience, I've found elusive. Mm-hmm. Well, I would love to, I'd love to, uh, map out a campaign with you. The, well, tell uh, me how you would, how, how would you approach it? I mean, let, if you were, yeah, let's talk about not right just now. an agency, but I think any B2B business that targets C-suite, you know, sort of, and, and, and when I say C-suite, that's sort of makes <clears> you think of a big company, but basically when you're targeting business owners of companies that are 10 plus, Mm -hmm. in staff, which is basically like a very, 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 very popular target uh, of really any B2B business or most B2B businesses, whether it's SaaS, whether it's agency, whether, you know, whatever it may be. How do you find those people? Well, let, let me turn that around and say, what would one question that someone would be asking if they were interested in a service like yours, but didn't know your business existed, what would they be asking? It's interesting. Um, Sometimes it's, interesting. it's a tangential question. It's tough. Yeah. I mean, it's uh, the keyword targeting can be difficult. Um, certainly our, our, our MO is in video campaigns, right? Given my background, but mm -hmm. we're an e-commerce growth agency. So we certainly do uh, generally try to target at the, on the agency side, we just we sort of generally try to target, you know, we, we have 17 Shark Tank clients. So we typically go mm -hmm. after innovative product businesses. Mm -hmm. So uh, we're very often, you know. Uh, well, the, it doesn't the, the, just, what I'm getting at, it doesn't have to be just keyword. Keyword is certainly a great uh, approach. Sure, and it's, yeah. And it's very effective, sure. but there's, there's various ways of combining audiences. There's um, placements, which is an underrated approach. And that happens to be one of the, the tools we built. 
So you could target just on videos that may be talking about the types of topics your customers are interested sure. in right now. Not super scalable though, right? Placements. I mean, you hit a it's, it's harder to scale because um, it's harder to find those videos. And then you have to know, you know, how many videos are actually active, not active, but it is much harder to scale than search, but it can be sometimes quite effective for your spend. And, and maybe you don't have to spend a lot because, because maybe scale isn't always what you're after. Maybe you're after something more artisanal. Sure. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So, so what, so, so placements, one way to go after, and, and, and that's putting your ad on specific YouTube videos. What are the other tools available to us to find our cold audience on YouTube? Not, not yeah. us specifically, but B2B. Yeah. Well, you have, you know, we, you've talked about some of them. You've talked about the list, which is your remarketing. You've talked about the placements. So you could do it on a video, on a channel. You've talked about keywords and the type of searches that people can have. And you can talk about in-market audiences, which is what people have searched for on Google. So regardless of whether they're searching on Google and YouTube, you can uh, find them there. There's a lot of interest targeting and topic targeting as well. And you just wanna find your mix. Um, but you know the other thing about B2B or SaaS, depending on who you are, trying to get, you know, there's a lot you can do with ge geographic targeting that is very underrated. Maybe you're just customers are going to be in these types of cities or these types of rural areas. You know, if you're selling $100,000 tractors, it, you know, it really depends. Um, age groups, um, income groups, and so forth. So that's the structure of the campaign. And then we could talk about the structure of the ad, if you like. Yeah, I mean, I think the other two big pieces there are how you structure the ad and then where you send them. Because certainly I have personally found that I need to create funnels that are a little bit different for YouTube because the expectations are a little bit different. Since people come to YouTube to learn webinars, VSLs, and other sort of tutorial uh, connections, can work relatively well in my experience while direct sales pages have not worked as well uh, in my experience. Right. But I haven't been doing this at volume for a while. We're sort of mm -hmm. we're picking it up again with some of our e-commerce clients. Um, I'm, I'm curious if you've found the same thing as far as what the offer is in the ad. Well, I think that generally as far as um, best practices go, if the product is generally more than a hundred dollars, then generally some sort of intermediate step is the best way to go. If it's less than a hundred dollars, then I think you, you, there's a lot of ways you can go for direct sales. So that's my, sure. that would be my difference. Sure. Sure. That, sure. That's what I would look at. So yeah. if the lifetime value is going to be more than a hundred dollars, then I would go through a lead magnet like you said, a VSL or some sort of webinar. So that's, yeah, that's what I'm after. But the, um, the um, where I lost my train of thought for a second here. 
um, <laughs> the, 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 the structure, structure, structure of the, of the video. Yeah. yeah. So like you said, people are coming to YouTube to learn. And so, we, you know, like we said, if you are someone who is, and that we sort of identified as that is our hook at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then I'm, you know, I'm going to show you how to do this and you give them a tip. And then also you can throw in like a testimonial from someone, a video testimonial, just throw that in there. And that might be a direct address to camera from that person, or you can just read what someone said, a review or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you can say, okay, and here's the, here's the page that's going to provide you with more information. And that's the general structure. There's a lot more nuance to it than that, but that's just basically it. If you want to know something, we know how to do that. Here's one tip. Here's someone who used our product. Today, you're going to get this type of extra benefit if you click. Now, I, I do want to say, Matt, and a lot of people don't talk about this, but it's going to cost you more on YouTube to get a click than it's going to cost you on Facebook and Instagram. It's just going to cost you more, no matter how you do it, because people aren't used to clicking, even if you structure a proper direct response ad. But most people find if they target right and the ad and the offer are right, the value of that customer can actually be greater and more long term. Sure. Yeah. And of course you don't pay based on impressions. You pay based on clicks and views. So if someone mm -hmm. clicks the ad at any time you pay, if someone views more than 30 seconds, you pay, do you like to structure in something of an opt out before the 32nd mark to make sure that you're triaging your audience? So you don't pay for people that you don't want to watch the ad. Yes. And the opt out is if you are not. So if you are someone who likes trucks, this, you know, then I'm going to tell you this so that you actually say something along that, that line. So if you have a big truck and you need to haul a lot of stuff. Now, if I don't have a truck, which I don't, I'm already done. I've skipped. So I've both saved myself some time and I've saved the company some money by not paying for the ad that goes to me. So it's, it's a win-win there. Yeah, what's interesting is the sort of KPI for the view rate, which is the average engagement of a video on YouTube ads is typically 20%. And you might say, oh, that's, I'd like that to be higher. People go to YouTube to watch a video. It's an average 40 minute session. What do you mean? Uh, but ideally, like if everybody is watching your ad, whether they're going to be a customer or not, you're just sort of losing money on that engagement. And that's why we like to keep it low, like around 18 to to 23%. If I have sort of a 40, and I have this has happened, of course, if I have a 45% engagement, for example, if I try to, um, if I try to, you know, run a value piece just as an ad, which mm -hmm. you can totally do, totally fine. <laughs> um, yeah. And I've certainly seen that happen before. Um, you know, that's, you know, you can get into this, you can get into this, uh, situation where you're just paying a lot of money. Um, now that could be a good brand awareness play, but there are cheaper ways to get brand, uh, to get brand awareness on, you know, I mean, you, you could run, you know, a bumper ad or something, or there are other ways. Well, with B2B and, you know, more B2B SaaS, we're just not, we're just not doing that approach. We're really looking at a more narrow audience and we're looking for people who we've already identified are likely to be good customers. And 
we're we're trying not to waste anyone's time and it's for us it's a simple process um we're not the the world's most genius as far as ads we just we just want to deliver value and and execute so that's our approach and we actually recommend much smaller spends than you would have with a a b to b to c with a you know where you have to do a lot more scale sure sure yeah yeah well certainly lower cpms you're going to get much lower cpms we we recently yeah. tested a facebook versus youtube um funnels against each other and uh, the 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 youtube cpms were literally half of what the facebook and instagram CPMs oh wow were in b2b so uh, you know i i think that's intriguing but i i i do think that if there's one very large objection that people have here it's just simply that they don't know what the video should be and and mm -hmm. then they they that that can always be a barrier and you know this is obviously sure. something i'm used to in the field that i'm in and i get this all the time this objection and uh you know it's it's somewhat founded certainly uh it's it's more of a thing on youtube people expect a certain quality of video on youtube but you can do a lot of great pattern interrupting as well by simply not making such a great video for your YouTube ad mm -hmm. and sort of chucking it up. So I think it really depends, but certainly I think getting in your head about those types of things only hurts you in the end. And I, I wanted to ask you, since I want to turn the tables and ask you about I, cause you've spent a lot of time talking about iOS 14. And I, I believe that YouTube targeting is going to have a slight advantage, even though it's going to have the same challenges with retargeting and remarketing, but I believe it's going to have a slight advantage over where it was in relation to Facebook and Instagram ads, because it's more contextual, but, you know, maybe I'm wrong. I'd like to hear your thoughts. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to, if you do it right, get a, get a better potential customer, get in front of a better potential customer on YouTube. And that's why it was always attractive to me because you match exactly what people are searching for with the perfect offer at the perfect time in the perfect place. And that's attractive to me because it's less interruption marketing. Whereas Facebook and Instagram is inherently interruption marketing since we're scrolling mm -hmm. on our phones. We don't, we're, we're, we're not there to watch video. Like we're there to do like other stuff, like random stuff and kill time. Whereas on YouTube average 40 minute session, we go to YouTube to watch stuff. Uh, but I'm concerned across the board. I mean, I think it's going to be fine, but you know, I mean, obviously YouTube, Google, Google remarketing audiences are going to be, a problem. I don't know how it's going to play in if you're getting it on Google Analytics because it's still kind of a third-party cookie, but it's like a weird, it's a weird, it's a weird situation between third-party cookie, first-party cookie. Like, where does Google Analytics live? Especially if Google Analytics is talking to Google Ads. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, just like Facebook, and uh, I think the interest targeting will erode a little bit. But I think you're right. At the end of the day because of keyword targeting and uh, over and over again, every time that I've had somebody on the show, they uh, talk about YouTube ads. We always talk about how keyword targeting is the most scalable. And since you're keyword targeting, yeah. I mean, it's just like 
that you're there's really no way to screw that up. I mean, if you can target <laughs> people based on the keywords they're typing into YouTube, you're always going to find that puzzle piece match so that you can have the perfect ad for the perfect person at the perfect time. Same thing with placements. So yes, it'll be much less affected. Although I do think in market audiences and custom intent audiences, which I know are big for a lot of people are going to be compromised. So it'll just be mm -hmm. figuring it out from there. But I do think that YouTube will have it a little bit easier for sure. And Google, you know, again, because of intent. Uh, that That's what's always been attractive about those platforms, right? Is the intent of the consumer. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, we, we have to sell them so much more on Facebook and Instagram than we do on YouTube and Google because you know you need a plumber when your faucet's broken. <laughs> You know, um, on YouTube, uh, on, on Facebook and Instagram, that plumber has a much harder time, right? He's <laughs> because the only people that are going to want to, to, to become a lead in that moment is if someone happens to see it, who, whose faucet is broken. <laughs> and so like, that is, that's, that's a, it's, it's a, it's a great point, actually, one that I haven't talked about a lot. Um, and maybe probably it'd be a good topic for a video at some point on my channel. Um, but yeah, I mean, having that intent based marketing is probably going to continue to be powerful. It's hard to screw it up. Well, we'll see what happens. I'm intently waiting to see how this all shakes out. <laughs> it's all going to come out on a wash in the end, but, um, you know, I think just like any wash, you know, it just sort of, it's going to spin us around a bit before before, <laughs> before we're done so we'll see how that goes dane th th thank you so much for being here this was a pleasure thank you so much matt and now i can listen to myself because i'm a subscriber to this podcast wonderful wonderful <laughs> i hope you all are out there in the world of the world of, of of podcast land thank you so much for being here everybody i will talk to you soon um and have an amazing rest of your day